This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Picture XR1, XR Real Air, Shift Cam, Hover Air X1, and more. Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 373 for Thursday, October 19th, 2023. And in today's episode, I want to talk a bit more about external virtual displays as well as a new battery group for your smartphone to make it more like an actual camera and also a cool new folding drone. But first, if you remember, last week I talked about the Vitcher XR1 glasses and I got mine earlier this week from the factory in China. And I also picked up a pair of the X-Real Air glasses as well on Amazon because I wanted to be able to do a comparison between the two and see how they worked. Now, I will include affiliate links to both in the show notes in case you want to check them out. And if you decide to purchase either one, it will help the show out a little bit and it won't cost you anything extra. Now, the Vitcher XR1 glasses are very well made, and they come in nice packaging as well. The unit consists of the glasses, as well as a couple of various nose inserts to size them correctly to your face. The nose inserts are removable and help with getting a good fit and making the glasses much more comfortable. Now, I love the fact that their data slash power cable is, is magnetic on the eyeglass side and USB-C on the device side, which is extremely handy. Now, I have tested them with my iPhone 15 Pro Max as well as my iPad Pro 11-inch 4th Gen and with my M1 Mac Mini. And now with my just-arrived M2 Pro Mac Mini as well as my M1 Pro MacBook Air. And with each and every one of my devices, the glasses work perfectly, and I have had no issues at all. The video is crisp and clear, and I am able to use the dials at the top of each lens to correct for my vision since I only need reader glasses uh, to get by for my work. Now, another huge plus with the Vitcher glasses is that you can triple press the mode button on the left eyeglass stock and lock the monitor in 3D space so that when you move your head, the video stays put instead of following your view. I additionally love the electrochromic ability to darken the lenses a bit to block out more of your surroundings at the press of a button. This is such a handy feature to have on these kind of glasses. But if you need to cut down more of the background and get even better visuals with the these glasses, they do have a shade that you can add on as well, which will cut down the background 
even more and give you a more immersed experience. But that optional shade does cost you extra. And I'll get to that in a little bit. Now, Vitcher does offer a number of add-ons for their glasses as well, such as the XR USB-C power delivery adapter, which I am still waiting on at this time for mine to ship. Now, this adapter allows you to plug into your USB-C device, such as my iPhone or iPad, and then it gives you two USB-C ports, one to plug your glasses into, and the other adapter, uh, the other port on the adapter is a second USB-C port for power delivery so that you can keep your host device charged at the same time. Now, this is extremely handy if you're using these glasses with your smartphone or tablet, considering that the glasses get all of their power from your host device. Now, that adapter is $59. In addition, they offer a neckband that you wear, which is basically an Android TV device that you plug your glasses into. It has a battery that can run the glasses for about three hours and offers up streaming apps and wireless connectivity for your glasses as well. So you can be free from a smartphone or tablet. Now the band costs $179. One additional major item they offer is the mobile dock so that you can use the glasses more easily with your Nintendo Switch gaming system uh, for gaming on the go. But it also, in addition to that, gives you a standard HDMI port for use with any other devices. And it allows for up to two pairs of Vitra glasses to connect to the same source system so you could game with a friend or family member. Now, the price of that dock is $129. You can also obtain an adapter for older Lightning-based iPhones, as well as a dock mount for Steam Deck players. And all of these items are available on Vitcher's website, as well as now available as of this week on Amazon. And I wish I had known they were going to be coming onto Amazon this week. I would have waited a little bit longer to order my glasses. That way, if I had decided I didn't like them, I would have been able to more easily return them. But hindsight is twenty twenty, as they say. Now, as I said a little bit ago, in addition to the Vitcher XR1s, I also purchased the X-Real Air glasses, which arrived on the same day as the Vitcher glasses. But I got the XR1 or XR Air glasses from Amazon, and I've been testing those out as well. Now, the X-Real glasses are very similar in design to the Vitcher glasses. They look very similar. Uh, not saying that they copied each other or anything like that. They're just quite similar in design. Except that the air glasses use USB-C on both ends of their connection cable, with the end that plugs into the back of the left stock being angled so that you can tell which end is which, and it makes it easier to loop the cable behind your ear. Now, these glasses are also easy to wear and come with a couple of different nose inserts to give you an optimized fit. Now, one thing I like better about the Air is that X-Real gives you the shade to black out the lenses for free. They throw it in for the price of the glasses, where Vitcher does not. 
uh, Vitcher charges you an extra $8 for the shade, which to me is kind of a bummer considering their glasses are more expensive than X-Reels to begin with. Now, both the Air and the XR1 glasses have built-in speakers that are located near your ears in each of the stalks on the glasses. Uh, but being that Vitchers were designed by Harman, the speakers are better quality. But both are good for watching movies or TV shows or even gaming. You'll, you'll get good audio quality out of either one. And being they're located close to your ears, you won't have any trouble hearing the audio. Now, one of the downsides of the errors, the air glasses, is that you cannot lock the virtual display in 3D space unless you're using their Nebula app on an Android device or on your M1 or M2 powered Mac. Now, the app will be coming soon for Windows, but no mention of it for the iPhone as of now. And it does not work properly in macOS Sonoma, although they neglect to mention that in any of the sponsored videos on YouTube, which kind of pissed me off a little bit. Now, with the Nebula app in macOS up through macOS Ventura, you can activate an AR desktop, which will allow you to have one, two, or three virtual screens locked into 3D space and placed properly for an efficient workflow. And I was able to test that with my new M2 Pro Mac Mini, which just arrived yesterday, and was still running uh, Mac OS Ventura when it arrived. And the triple display does work very nicely. Now, another downside, however, of the Air glasses is that they have no built-in vision correction. So if you need glasses to see, you have to have prescription inserts made that magnetically attach to the inside of the air glasses. And the same with the vitres. You can get those for the vitres as well. If the built-in adjustments aren't enough to correct for your vision, you can add in prescription lens inserts on those glasses as well. Now, just like the Vitcher Real offer or, or X Real offers uh, a beam device, they call it the X Real Beam. Um, which is an Android TV module. Um, it's basically an Android TV box for their glasses. And it also allows wireless use and streaming as well as gaming. And the Beam is a bit cheaper at only 119 Now, they also have an HDMI slash lightning adapter module that they sell for the older iPhones so that folks are, those folks are not left out. Although you also need the Apple Media Adapter and that X-Real adapter is another $49. So either way, you're not getting out of a cheap if you need to buy adapters to make either of these glasses work with your various devices, but still pretty cool technology. Now, I will be continuing to test both of these glasses over the next couple of weeks, and X-Real is supposed to have the new release of their Nebula app for Mac OS out next week, which is supposed to fully support Sonoma and give us back the ability to have two or three screens in Mac OS again. Now, I bought these mainly to have a better way to work remotely for my full-time IT job, especially when we travel up north to spend time with our families, as having the ability to have three screens at once while taking up no extra physical space would just totally rock.
I mean, come on. That would just be the icing on the cake to be able to have a triple display with my MacBook Air and just use an external keyboard and mouse, leave my MacBook's lid closed and have three virtual displays floating in, in, in front of me and they don't take up any room in the house. They don't get in anybody's way. I don't have to worry about my grandkids running in front of the screens while I'm trying to work or anything like that. You know, like if I was using one of the big TVs mounted on the wall or anything like that. So that would definitely, that would definitely be the bee's knees, to be honest. That would be totally, totally cool. Okay, now changing gears from the AR glasses, another nice piece of kit I picked up this week is the Shift Cam Pro Grip for my iPhone 15 Pro Max. Now, this is a newer product that is basically a battery grip for your smartphone that also makes your smartphone more camera-like in ergonomics and gives you a Bluetooth shutter button. The grip has a Qi charger built in and the unit's internal battery is charged via USB-C. And it even includes a hand grip strap, making it easier to hold the entire kit um, and help prevent theft when you're out shooting as well, which is always a good thing, uh, especially if you're out doing street photography. Now, this unit is very well made from quality materials and includes buttons for pairing and resetting the Bluetooth, as well as turning the Qi charging unit on and off. And as I mentioned a moment ago, the Bluetooth shutter button. Now, it also sports a couple of standard tripod threaded mounts on the top and the bottom, so you can easily mount this grip along with your phone for easy long exposures or smooth video, either one. And in addition to this Pro Grip, ShiftCam also offers lenses for your smartphones as well as lighting items for your photography and videography needs. Now, although I shoot most everything with my Fujifilm mirrorless cameras and carry one with me most of the time, there are times when I just want to carry my iPhone 15 Pro Max, but would like the better ergonomics or I want the challenge to challenge myself to shoot with my iPhone only on a weekend. And then this little gem comes in really handy. Now, I will be testing this unit out over the next week or two, and I'll be doing an unboxing review video about it on my YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that video. Now, I'm going to take a short break right here, and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. You can visit the homepage at liamphotographypodcast.com for show notes and links. If you have questions, comments, or requests for topics or future guests you'd like to hear on the show, you can email me at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. Also, be sure to check out the liamphotographypodcast.com Facebook group, and you can find me on Twitter at liamphotoatl. You can tweet the show just just insert the hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. So the last hardware item I wanted to talk about this week is my new Hover Air X1 drone that I recently acquired via Amazon Vine. Now, this is a truly remarkable little drone that is foldable, but not in the same sense as the DJI drones in that it doesn't have arms that fold into the body. 
Rather, it's a square drone that folds in half and can fit in your back pocket. The drone can be paired and initially set up using a smartphone app, which is very convenient. You can have it up and running in a matter of minutes without any worries, and it does quick and easy takeoff and landing in the palm from the palm of your hand, which is also very, very convenient. And the app can also be used to alter the parameters for the drone uh, for its uh, flight, different flight characteristics and stuff like that. Now, this drone is designed to fly pre-programmed flight modes, and it has hover, follow, zoom out, orbit, and bird's eye. Now, although this drone doesn't have GPS, it does have some impressive intelligent AI flight capabilities. And I've watched a couple of impressive video reviews of this little drone in action. Now, the drone is able to fly at up to 15 miles per hour in follow mode, and you can even use the app on your phone to record video with the... um, uh, with your uh, f- uh, your uh, smartphone uh, recording the audio, and the drone will basically act as a robot cameraman. So you can walk towards it, and it'll back away from you at a specific pace. It'll keep pace with you, and it'll shoot the video, and it'll get your audio via the app from your smartphone, and it'll import the audio into the video that it's filming of you because the drone itself does not have any onboard mics. But the coolest part is, is it'll not only import the audio that it's receiving from your smartphone into the video that it's recording of you at that time. It will also digitally remove all of the engine noise that its engines make from the footage. So when you play back the footage, you'll have the video, you'll have your audio recorded via the smartphone app and no noise at all from the drone's motors in your footage. That is just incredible. Some people would say that's magic. It's just really cool technology, to be honest, and that's just totally awesome. Now, the one video I watched online where a gentleman in the UK tested this his audio was a bit poor as he was using his phone's built-in mic as he walked and he just held the phone in his hand. But when I test this for my unbox and review for my YouTube channel, I'm planning to use my DJI USB-C microphone system on my iPhone 15 Pro Max so that I can get much better audio quality. Now, the other nice thing about this $500 drone is that it also comes with two batteries and a dual battery charger as well. So definitely not a bad overall setup or package for that price tag. So definitely something to consider, something to look at, and I'll include an affiliate link to that drone in today's show notes as well, so you can check it out for yourself. Okay, so enough about new hardware this week. Let's take a look at a couple of news stories from our friends over at Petapixel. Photographer captures the otherworldly beauty of the Arctic. 
In a new limited edition print series called Northern Dreams, award-winning photographer Drew Doggett pays tribute to one of the world's most spectacular and threatened regions, the Arctic. An experienced and avid traveler, Doggett ventured to Svalbard, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, I apologize. A Norwegian area in the Arctic Ocean that is an attractive location for photographers and adventurers alike. The latitudes uh, of the island range from 74 to 81 degrees north. The region poses unique challenges to photographers, not only because of its harsh and unforgiving weather, but also because accessibility is limited by where a ship or smaller vessel called the Zodiac can go. Among the many wonders that Doggett aspired to photograph were polar bears. When not on Zodiacs, Doggett tells Petapixel he was often found on the ship's bridge, glued to my binoculars and scanning the horizon for hours. When Doggett was in Svalbard, the region's northern latitude meant that the landscape was bathed in nearly perpetual sunlight. Quote, the constant perfect light took a very a variable I usually have to contend with away, as there was rarely a moment where the conditions were not ideal for me, Doggett says. Quote, it also made this trip incredibly exhausting, but without worrying about the light or considering how to constantly optimize my chances of getting the shot, I could focus on finding the bears. With all wildlife, there's an element of the search that's pure adrenaline. This vast territory and being isolated to the shoreline without the ability to move or pursue a subject inland forced me to be patient on an entirely different level, the photographer explains. In some ways, the limited means available for getting close to wildlife can be liberating from a compositional perspective. Quote, it's important to me that a series is holistic. In Svalbard, the landscape is very much a part of the experience of seeing these bears. In fact, I chose Vlaubard in part for this reason, as the minimal backdrop allows me to direct the eye to something in particular, Doggett explains. He also did not arrive in Vlaubard with high expectations of getting the precise images he imagined before embarking on his voyage. Quote, I knew we had a very low percentage of getting the shot I had in mind. However, Doggett's patience was rewarded. Not only did he see polar bears, but he also managed, or he also got to photograph a mother and cub for nearly four hours, which is exceedingly unusual. It is common to see a polar bear for a few minutes, maybe even just a few seconds before they vanish into the stark white landscape. Quote, the specific experience of photographing the mother and cub was undoubtedly one of the most moving and emotional encounters of my career so far, Doggett explains to Petapixel. Watching the two was also a moment of relatable humanity as the exhausted mother tried to rest while her cub played around her or as the two enjoyed their home playground. The experience enabled Doggett to return from his expedition with truly stunning polar bear images, but the mother and cub also left a mark on Doggett that goes far beyond any individual photograph and will surely last a lifetime. This is as good a time as any to discuss Drew Doggett's unusual career trajectory. His photography path started with fashion photography. Doggett spent six years assisting top fashion photographers in New York City, which provided the photographer with all the technical know-how he needed to venture out on his own in the fashion industry. Instead, he admittedly, a bit on a whim, traveled to the Himalayas, where he spent a month in a small region, 
Humla, Nepal, the region is often described as the last remaining pocket of true Tibetan culture. Doggett says he learned about their local culture and traditions, documented the people and places, and then returned home to the United States. However, he arrived back home a changed artist. Quote, fashion no longer intrigued me in the same way, and I knew I needed to pursue a route within photography that was more engaged with the world and its occupants, the photographer explains. It is often said that travel broadens the mind for Dog, and it did that and more. It expanded his artistic and professional goals. Quote, on a personal, personal level, once I had children, my desire to photograph wildlife, cultures, and landscapes at risk in order to conserve them for future generations became even stronger. I leave every expedition changed for the better and am eager to capture more of our world for the purpose of sharing it with others, Doggett adds. This loops back into part of the photographer's motivation for his latest series from Slavard, the region and the Arctic at large fits the bill of a landscape with wildlife that is at risk of being lost for future generations. The Arctic is also an area that is wholly alien to nearly everyone who will see Doggett's work. On the one hand, the strangeness of the place inspires curiosity in people. On the other hand, sometimes a place can seem so unusual that it is difficult to connect with. Quote, people have an innate curiosity about places like the Arctic, so a subject like it is, for many people, interesting because of its location. Even though the landscape is foreign, the backdrop is naturally minimal, so it acts as a blank canvas on which I can highlight and draw attention to aspects of the subject. It also allows me to connect strongly with the subject, in this case, a polar bear, through eye contact and my chosen low angle, Doggett explains. Quote, as a photographer, I can go one step beyond simply documenting a place because of its significance, as I'm interested in capturing a certain quality and story within a location. Proximity to the subject plays a huge role in fostering a connection, but obviously you can only get so close to a polar bear, and in Svalbard, you are limited to the zodiacs or the ship's deck, he continues. Doggett's fashion photography roots continue to influence the artist as he travels the world. Quote, beyond proximity, which is very literal sense of closeness, the visual language of fashion photography is how I foster connection, as it is one that's not only familiar, but designed to highlight what makes the subject exceptional. Detail, nuance, tone, texture, and composition also help to capture the spirit of a place by bringing it to life and telling the subject's story becomes wrapped up in using these key elements to holistically embody a place within my work, Doggett explains. Quote, I also aim to capture universally endearing scenes like a mother and cub polar bear as seen in The Lookout, as this is a moment of shared humanity that we can all relate to. While there is, on one hand, a sense of impending doom concerning the Arctic and its inhabitants due to a wide range of factors, including climate change, mining, offshore oil drilling, Doggett wants his work to incorporate a sense of optimism and hope. Quote, my images are intentional about their optimism. They are also idealistic and celebratory because cultivating a positive connection is more easily created through classic ideals of beauty. Creating photographs of wild places and animals comes down to the challenge of establishing an emotional connection between the subject and the viewers. My visual language is designed to facil facilitate an attachment to what I'm photographing, he explains. 
For somewhere like the Arctic, Doug had hopes to use his camera as a tool for conservation. He wants his images to demonstrate his love of all things wild and free and inspire viewers to play a part in protecting Earth's diverse animals and landscapes. Quote, if my work can remind us what is out there in our big, beautiful world, what's at stake and worth protecting now and for the sake of future generations, then I feel I've succeeded, Doggett says. Drew Doggett's entire new Northern Dream series is available on his website. The series includes many limited edition sign prints. People can stay updated with Doggett's latest work by following him on Instagram. And he does have some absolutely stunning images which are included in this article on Petapixel. And you can find the link to today's article in the show notes for this episode. I highly recommend you stop by and check out his beautiful Arctic photographs. Photographer captures spectacular ring of fire eclipse. Photographers were out in force across the United States this past weekend to capture a rare phenomenon known as an annular solar eclipse, which momentarily created a ring of fire in the sky. Barry Butler, who is more usually found photographing Chicago, traveled to Oregon with his son to capture a series of photos that beautifully show how the eclipse evolved. Meanwhile, a petapixel reader got a one in a million eclipse shot when an airplane flew through his frame as the eclipse was underway. And that is a cool image. Quote, I've tried for years to get the perfect shot of a jet flying in front of the moon or sun. I never dreamed that the first time I'd get a decent shot, it would be in front of both the sun and the moon, says Mike Newbury, who used a Nikon P1000 to capture the coveted shot. Photographer Eric Smith says that he prepped for the annular solar eclipse for six months and drove out the Sandia Crest in New Mexico, which is 10,000 feet above sea level, to record the rare celestial happening. Photographer uh, Satoru Murata says he screwed up the framing a bit on his stunning composite consisting of 19 images showing the sun passing behind Castle Butte in the Valley of the Gods in Utah, namely pointed too low and so missed the last two images at the upper right. Also, the sun went behind the tower for much of the totality, he says on his Instagram page. Quote, however, the silver lining is I was able to use the shot taken while the sun was behind the tower for the sky background. All my other skies had tons of flare from the bright sun, so it kind of worked out. Petapixel reader George Michael Palillo shot this image with an iPhone 14 Pro Max using the 15 times digital zoom while recording short 4K 30 frame per second video clips. The eclipse is framed within the notoriously prevalent lens flare of the iPhone. He calls it a very surprising and cool result. I don't know why the eclipse was carried so precisely in the flare, he says. It's not the James Webb, but now I have a pocket solar telescope when the next annular solar eclipse, pa eclipse passes over this area in 375 years. The clouds cleared in Corpus Christi, Texas, just in time for a Cody Motis to capture this sequence showing the moon's transit while the photographer is selling, uh, which the photographer is selling as a print. 
uh, Dan Danbaum is was in Monterey Peninsula, California, where there was only a partial eclipse and no ring of fire. It was also cloudy, but he still made do and got an interesting image with a Canon 100-400L lens mounted to a Canon 7D Mark II. Last, but by no means least, celebrated backyard astrophotographer Andrew McCarthy was, of course, shooting the rare ring of fire event. And all of these images are absolutely beautiful. I highly recommend you check them out. McCarthy used five different telescopes to shoot the rare event. And while the above picture is not his final image, this is what he got out of his eight-inch telescope with a white light filter. So definitely some absolutely amazing images of this annular eclipse. And again, I highly recommend you stop by and check them out. You can find that news story in the show notes for today's episode. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 373 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Also wanted to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, and turn on all notifications so you'll be notified when new content releases and again i will be announcing my next contest later on this month so you're definitely not going to want to miss getting notified when that contest starts so that you can get your entry in to win the cool prize that i'll be giving away in this latest contest i'm not going to tell you yet what the prize is going to be mostly because i haven't decided yet but trust me it will be cool and it will be something you'll be interested in entering to win All right, that's it for this one, folks. I will see you all again next Thursday.